You ready to start this? I mean, I'm ready whenever you are. Perfect. You're the boss, man. I'm not the boss. Yes, you are. We do this together. It's, uh, You're the one that brings us together. Therefore, you in charge. I don't know about that. But... When the hammer comes down, we can go, Matt's fault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll accept it. It's usually <laughs> what I do. You do that even when it's your fault, though. It doesn't count. Exactly. It's Matt's fault. Fuck Blue. Always Matt's fault. <laughs> Fuck Blue. Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt Olson, Danny Oakstead, and Big G. Hello and welcome, magic folk, to episode 129 of This Week in MTG, your aggregate news source for all things Magic the Gathering. We're your hosts, I'm Matt. There we got Danny. What's up? Over there we have... Big G. Hey, hey, hey. And we are here to introduce, not introduce you, we're here to share the wonderful world of magic news to your ear holes. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully you all decide <laughs> that it's worth listening to. We're glad that you decided to join us nonetheless. So, we ready to jump into this? Get into the business? The biznatch? I've been here since 5.30. Damn, you got, you got here early. You got fed. I thought you were going to stop by and get a burger first. Yeah, well, you laughed at me, so I just didn't, didn't want to come over. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed at you and saying, sure. Or no, what did I say? Oh, you think so? Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, you decided not to bring any burgers over. So who's the real asshole now? Um, excuse me, I made enough for my lovely wife, my daughter, who devoured the crap out of that thing. Who is the only person allowed to sit on your face, though? <laughs> you you are daddy there we go okay let's get into the business before this gets weird see, this, this <laughs> before is what, we get taken off air see this is what he does to us listeners he makes it so we, he can sit on our faces where's the show notes <sighs> okay let's begin our episode by thanking you dear listener if you made it through that little bit there first off give yourself a pat on the back <laughs> you're a fucking champion for doing that <laughs> this shit's all unscripted, I promise. We're not smart enough to come up with this on our own. <laughs> so thank you. Uh, you listening to us makes it like really awesome for us to keep doing this, knowing that there are people that constantly listen to us, and that's really cool. Next, we want to give a big thank you to our patrons who take it like a step further and decide to throw money our way. I mean, they get, they get shit in return, but still, they the fact that money is tossed our out. way because... We're going to get there. Remember, no mods are going to be starting in OnlyLands accounts. And I'm pretty sure that's where we can be posting that stuff. Sick. <laughs> no, but seriously, where the fuck are the show notes? They should be in your email, sir. I have my docs open. They are not there. You have to actually open the email first. I've never opened the email first. They've always been on. Well, then I don't know why your technology is working because mine is working perfectly fine. Well, what the fuck, Matt? No, I think this is a you problem, not a him problem. Shared with two people. You are on here already. This is a you thing, Danny. (laughs) We take this brief intermission as Danny finds the show notes. Here's the thing. I shouldn't have to go to my email on my phone in order to have them pop up on there. 
That's why you go on your computer. I don't not... want to open my. That's I, this is my I wife's did, computer. I don't want to. Fuck off. I, I don't want to do it. Fuck off. I am more than positive. Fuck like, blue. Let's either, go. Either I'm having like a serious moment of deja vu, or we had to do, we had to do this with Danny before in the past. <laughs> no, that was JB. That was JB. It was JB. <laughs> I remember that episode. <laughs> Because that's the guy who—that's the guy who can't use technology. It's true. He's an old man, <sighs> and short. We can't make fun of him. He's not going to listen to this. I mean, that's why we can make fun, fun of, of him. him. But it doesn't. Ma- it makes it gets it to him. It gets to him by third person. <sighs> JB, <laughs> listen. <laughs> okay, so uh, back on track here. No, we're pa- not. Patrons, thank you so very much for deciding to support us. So let's give a big shout out to Wade ninety seven Chapman. D Moose, Amu the Fox, Colin, Noah, and a big happy birthday to Noah. Whoop, whoop, whoop. He'll probably listen to the edited version, so happy belated birthday? Yes. Do do we do uh do we do a little montage and sing happy birthday to him? No. You start us off then. Happy birthday to you. Ha cha cha. Happy birthday to you. Fuck blue. Happy birthday, dear Noah. Happy birthday to you. You look like a monkey. Shut up, Matt. And you smell like one, two. God damn it. (laughs) I was waiting for you to put some kind of fuck blue thing at the end of that one, too. (laughs) I had to go in the middle. Thank you, Slade, Third String, Chapman, Nikki, Nomad, Steve, Jacob, Christian, and still welcome, Maddie K, newest member of the This Week in MTG family. If I had a soundboard, I'd hit like the soundboard was gone. Well, there was another one I saw. The soundboard was gone. I saw another one that was actually a stream, like a streamer's, like touchpad. Oh, and you didn't send it to me. I'll find it real quick. See if it's still there. Okay, so if you guys want to be crazy motherfuckers too and support us, uh, check out our Patreon. We have two tiers, a $3 tier and a $10 tier. You get put into monthly drawings for a pack or a card. The $3 tier gets you put in for a pack. The $10 tier gets you put in a drawing for a card. That's valued of $15 to $20. We're actually going to be putting up the poll. That's the other perk of being a patron is you get a vote on what card gets drawn for the month. And after the episode, we're going to be putting up our list on our Patreon. You can make the votes there. Like, a couple days before the voting ends, we look and see what wins, and then we get the card, and then we hand them out, <laughs> we do the drawings, and there's a secret live stream that we're going to be starting, too, for patrons, where we do the drawing for the cards and stuff. We did it last week. I, I, I quite enjoyed it. Oh, did you know? I did. Did you enjoy being secret? It was secret so too? secret that we didn't even know about it. Right? You didn't even tell his co-host. No, no, what no. We talked dick. about it before. What a dick. Oh nope, God. didn't even invite us. Said, nope, fuck you guys. <sighs> so go check that out. <laughs> but if you don't want to support us through Patreon, you can also check out our playmats. Hit us up. We have awesome playmats for sale. They're 20 bucks a pop. You send us a message on whatever media platform of your choice. Be like, yo, uh, guys, we want uh, a playmat. And then we'll be like, we're going to send that out to you. Right now, Maddie K., we're gonna, I'm going to be sending yours tomorrow along with your pack that you won Uh well, today, if you listen to this. If you're watching the live stream, it's tomorrow. If you're listening to the edit, it's today. If you listen to it when it came out, otherwise... Matt, you're confusing yourself. I'm confusing He's sending everybody. it out is what he's getting at. It's on its way. Yes. 
So we send the playmats out everywhere. Ask Christian. We sent them to Germany. We work with you. We want people to get these playmats because they're so fucking cool. I think they're so fucking cool. Dude, I used mine all Saturday. Ooh, ooh. A little a little plug here. Jason Ashcraft of Planeswalker, whenever he streams on his Twitch channel, he's always repping the This Week in MTG playmat. yeah. Because you can't beat that work. It's good. And okay, so so qu- quick mention here. Uh, go follow Jason over on uh, Twitch.com uh, slash Can I Play with Magic is the uh, is the Twitch channel to watch. Uh, I'll mention here real quick as well that he is starting a new interview series over there called Metal: The Gathering, where he talks to uh, mat- uh, musicians and like just interview them, talk about their process and stuff. First one is happening this Sunday, March twentieth at noon Pacific time. I'll make sure to link to that in the show notes. It's eleven our time, right? No, uh, it's the other way around. It's it'd be two it, our time. Yeah, oh, yep. There we go. He is he is two, two hours, hours behind us. Yep, he's on he's on West Coast time. Uh, so back on track here. Other play mats that you could buy from us. If you don't want to talk to us directly, no hard feelings. We get it. We understand. You can also check out our amazing sponsor, J Dub Sports Cards and Gaming, who has our play mats for twenty dollars as well. And speaking of J Dubs, let's hear an ad from them now jdub sports cards and gaming located in west acres mall in fargo is your one-stop shop for all your magic the gathering needs in the store you will find a huge selection of sleeves play mats and dice for you to personalize your battlefield with along with having a large variety of singles in their display cases there are also binders and boxes for you to browse through that much selection means that you will always find something you are looking for J-Dubs is also the place to gather to play a wide array of formats with friends in the community. There is Commander League on Thursday nights, Modern League on Saturday afternoons, and Legacy Leagues on Sunday afternoons. And who can forget Friday Night Magic every Friday evening. J-Dubs has it all, Amonkhet to Zendikar and ways to sleeve, shuffle, and spell sling. Now let's get back to the episode. Thank you, J-Dubs, for supporting us. It's greatly appreciated. Now... The business is done, almost done. We have the breakdown to give you guys to lay out how this episode is going to be presented to y'all. Let's do it. First off, we're going to jump over to the Boggle Desk where Big G is going to take it away with some salt reports and some championships and Hunter Burton events. From there, going to quickly mention about an upcoming event locally at uh, Paradox. From there, there will be no blogatog. it looks like. Uh, and then we're going to jump into the news where we're going to talk about the new alchemy cards that were just shown at the championship. There's already some delays with Streets of New Capenna. We're going to talk about the prof, the professor's Kickstarter and some scheduling, some important stuff to be that's on the horizons. From there, going to jump to the conjured currency section where we talk about magic card prices and trends. From there, we're going to jump to a very interesting thought cast about gold border cards in tournament play. And then from there, we're going to close the podcast and you all can go home and be done with us for a whole week. They're already home, Danny says from across the way. (laughs) (laughs) To to those listening to the edited version, he just put his mouth up to the mic to try and say something. He wanted to, but then he decided against it because he knew that whatever he would say would get turned into something stupid from either Big G or I. (laughs) Am I right? That's what she said. Hey, there we go. That, that's minorly acceptable one. I'll allow it. Okay, Big that's G. That's what she said. <laughs> Big G, we're at the boggle desk. Take us away here, bud. 
All right, first things first. We got a salt report, and this one comes from my college reunion-ish group. Uh, it's the group of guys that actually like playing Commander. We've got a couple that don't. Um, so we got together on Saturday, played Magic, like all Saturday pretty much. And so my result report is a twofold. One, I fucking hate stacks decks, especially when there's two in the pod. How big were they? Four? Was it a four-person pod? Yeah. Okay, so half the table was stacks. Yep, and then the other half was playing aggro. How the fuck do they just like, you playing stacks? I'm playing stacks. It's like, cool, this is going to be fun for nobody. <laughs> well, and we sat there and like, um, so my buddy Anthony's playing Grand Arbiter, and like he had announced he was going to play this one. We're like, you know what? We know you like the deck, everything. Before we got the chance to even like barter with him prior to the game, uh, my buddy Joey and I had the same thought, but I'm the one that vocalized it first. I'm like, you know, could you just like wait until turn four so we can at least get a few things up and running first before it's just land pass. Oh, yeah, by the way, land pass. It's very nice that he allowed you to play lands. No, he didn't. Oh. he Well, he let us play lands, um, but he had played his Grand Arbiter before we both had had the thought and were ready to vocalize it. So, and he just, like, I just stared at him across the table because he was sitting directly across from me halfway through the game. He just goes, stop staring at me like that. Like, <laughs> no. I know you love the deck. And I'm glad you love the deck. I hate playing against the deck because I don't get to play magic. I just get to play a land at, during the first few turns and pass. This is where you put in uh, Boseji. This is where you say fuck blue. No, because I actually do play blue and I like playing blue. I like playing all the colors in different capacities, Danny. I'm not colorist like you are. No, I like to let people play cards. I like to let people play cards. Blue no, lets, you don't. Blue lets people play cards sometimes. When it's a mono blue, it's a mill deck, so fuck Matt. But then blue gets mixed in with other cards. That's, that's basically what fuck blue means. Yeah, well, anyway. Um, and the then the next piece... comes out, fuck Danny. Blue. <laughs> fuck blue. <laughs> the next part is actually... Assault report on my side. So one of my commander decks, I have Mael the Anima, and it is my Naya Angel Wheel deck. So drop... You know, obviously do the, the effect three color list and one ping each of Naya. So red, white, and or red, white, and green. Tap it and spin the wheel. So dig five deep into my deck. Something p power five or greater gets put on the battlefield. Well, guess who spun the wheel three times and didn't get shit? Uh, I'm just going to go and take a shot in the dark here. Not me. Not Danny. You're right. It wasn't Danny. It was me. <laughs> um, and I had been thinking about reworking this deck as far as the commander and having the um, uh, the egg commander. Oh, Atla Palani? Yeah. So I, I have it in my box, and it's sleeved as like a backup commander, and that kind of confirmed it that that deck's going to get a revamp and a little bit of a change because I would hit creatures, but it'd be four power, four power, three power, and it's like, shit. That would be so nice to play right now, but nothing. And now you get to do, you're going to get ready to do the egg shenanigans. I'm going to do some egg shenanigans here pretty soon, and those eggs are going to turn into big, beautiful angel birds. Shenanigans? Shenanigans? Shenanigans. Shenanigans. I should call that the, the deck. Shenanigans. 
I do that. Or wait, I do like that. That's an excellent name. Nyagians? Nyagians? So Nyagians shenanigans? Put it together. Nyoke. 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 Danny? (laughs) Danny has a headache, so. This week on Ridiculous Deck Names. He's rubbing his hand against his head right now. Are you are you are you thinking our shenanigans aren't fun? No, I had a pool team that named shenanigans. Are th- are they not fun and cheeky? Name shenanigans, yes, but name shenanigans. 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 You got to make it a thing. Shenanigans. <laughs> he's he's wow. focusing more more on our Twitch streamers, which is just fine. All right, so next up in here, we were unable to get the uh, no modifier arena event firing off. But those of us that did sign up for it within the Discord decided to do a test run and see how things kind of work, see if there's anything we can tweak and fix and everything. Um, so I know I lost my match. So the deck I built uh, was Voltron. I'm trying to put out the Mecha Titan. Yep, yeah, I nice. figured as much. It, so I got to do it, and I had told um, Chad D on on Discord, I was like, hey, you know, I'm putting my kid to bed. Um and there was a miscommunication. I was like, hey, I'm doing a quick best of one right now because he had messaged just as I started the game. Mm-hmm. And he took that as a, oh, we're going to play a quick best of one. So I won the best of one game and then went to get sweeped in the best of three by his uh, vampire deck. And his deck just went off and it was beautiful. I was in the, the Discord call with him because it was uh, Nomad, myself, him and was I think Christian might have been on there I saw Christian but I know I couldn't join on the table because I was playing while I was getting my kid to sleep Yeah, because it was at that point where I just lay there for a little bit no, no, no. what you do is you jump into you jump into the, the room and be like hey guys you're gonna do the full house uh, teddy bear song <laughs> and we'll be like okay we're on this <laughs> I should have you should have um, but you know hey how did uh, how did you guys match it go Fuck blue. <laughs> Danny beat me once. Hey, and then he top go. decked the last two games for the win. Hey, don't hate the player. Hate the game. So I hate fuck blue. I was playing Said the whole game, not just part of the game. Mind you, I was playing. I was playing blue. Yeah, he, he was playing. But I was playing uh, the avalanche precon. Yeah, more oh, okay. agro blue rather than yeah, the th- blue the, control. The one wizard that turns your lands into four four hex proof. Creatures with haste, kind of, kind of slapped my cheeks that one game. I could not. <laughs> yeah, I. Otherwise, the other two games, I was drew the card one turn too late. Yeah, and so I was playing the uh, the control mind or whatever, uh, pre precon on arena as well, and I only made one change to that. I changed the the die roll card to the foretell uh, scry two draw two. Just okay. Same same mana cost, just more guaranteed draw. Draw the cards. I changed my deck completely for next week. Yeah, that's what I heard. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be slapping with the 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 uh, Naya Naya runes. Naya runes. Naya runes. Oh, Voltron's still coming on. He's gonna kick Danny's that's ass. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. So so it's gonna be uh, Danny and Garrett playing. <laughs> Naya runes <laughs> is Voltron. But I assemble Voltron. That's fine. You just have a Voltron type creature. I assemble. That's fine. I don't think I saw any saber-toothed tigers on its arm. Yeah. 
Depends on what. Uh, no, if you're going with OG what? Voltron, they're still like a saber tooth or a cat. It's they're a cat they're all cats. They're not saber tooths. They're all cats. On Voltron? Yes. Really? Saber tooth is on the Megazord, and it's the leg. Yeah, I know that. But the arm, it's the yellow arm on Voltron. Yeah, but it's just a cat. It's not a saber It's a cat. It's, okay. a, it's a cat. Okay, I'm sorry. Unless not... you watch Rick and Morty, then it's a weasel. <laughs> okay, let's keep going here. <laughs> let's fight about the TV show Hell from yeah. the 90s. Let's fight. Damn let's... straight, and Voltron's from the 80s, sir. Anyway. Jumping well, from the '90s, so jumping next, we've got the Hunter Burton Memorial Open, and this is an annual event for a or an annual fundraising event, aiming to raise awareness about suicide in the gaming communities. Since 2014, there has been a large paper tournament held for Magic players to contribute to this cause. Notably, this was the first big tournament to feature the Loris ban, which will lead an interesting shakeup never seen before, and best of all. There was there was some live coverage. Uh, this event did happen on Saturday, March twelfth, twenty twenty two, nine o'clock Central Time. So there should be some recordings coming up. Deck lists aren't posted as of today when we are doing our live show, but here's some interesting information we've got for you. So we've got four hundred and seventy three players, and we've got a full meta breakdown. But we're just going to focus on top four. So fifty of the decks were blue. Blue, red, Merktide decks. And then 35 of them were Red X Burn, of which 32 of them were Red White. Two of them were Mono Red and one Naya deck. 27 Amulet Titans. And then 24 Blue, White X Control decks. So 11 being Bant, 7 being Jeskai, 4 just being Blue, White, and then two four-color decks. And some also, some of the next ones are just notable mentions. We've got a white X hammer deck with, or sorry, four color blink decks, 22 of them, 22 white X hammer decks, 20 blue black X shadow decks, of which 19 of those were Grixis, one was a four color, and then 18 living, living end decks. And we've got plenty more decks in the meta breakdown, but honestly, there is just a little bit too much to go through them all. We've got some Urza Affinity. We've got some four-color General Furious Midranges. We've got some Storm decks, Humans, Omnath Control, Green Devotion, some Prowess, Amiria Control, various other things, including... Assault Loam. Assault Loam made it in there. Oh, There's there you two go. two Assault Loam decks. We've got some Jun Food decks, Esper Miracles... And at the bottom of the list, they have a mono red prowess deck. And then day two breakdown, This are these are the conversion rates. So there were six blue, sorry, blue red X Merktide decks, five living end decks, four red X burn decks, four amulet titan decks. And then again, goes a little bit further into breakdown, but that shows the day two results for you as well. And again, just because this happened this weekend and they are working on getting all this information posted up for us. We don't have much for tournament highlights for you right now, but we might be able to post or do a little bit of re- reporting on those next week. They do have the top eight deck lists and stuff uh, posted up here uh, through Channel Fireball is where they're all from. Uh, one thing of note is the the one thing of note in the Grixis Death Shadow deck 
is even without Luris in the sideboard, they are still keeping it very lean and have no uh, permanents that cost 3 CMC or greater, but the companion instead is now Gingantha. (laughs) They now have Gingantha in place of what Luris does. And, I mean, makes sense. Now, this is the thing. is like this going to be the preferred card that Shadow decks start to use, like to just to have companion again no more luris but is jingantha the call and i guess we're in the exploratory stages of this post modern post luris modern metagame so i mean i'm guessing too we'll have a lot more coming in the next few weeks once we have more modern challenges a few other things coming out as far as maybe a lot of things won't change too much but maybe things like i would get the biggest one i'm excited to see is about jund and what they're going to do coming out of it just are they going to go back to having Bloodbraid Elf? Are they going to be sitting and just doing like three higher end being that three converted mana cost where you're just getting uh, Grix and Liliana in there? Yeah, I don't know. Looking in uh, the leagues and the challenges, there does not seem to be any no, Jund no popping. Jund oh, decks. oh. Uh, this, but this could be a Yagmoth deck right here. This is not... Well, and that oh, looks like it's pretty, an old one because it's yeah, Luris. I didn't so, look at the date. All good. So, you know, womp, as we womp. get more information on, you know, one, this event, we'll do a little bit more of a breakdown, I would guess, next week. But I know we've got Neon Dynasty Championships, and I know we talked before we started broadcasting. We're actually going to take a little bit more time with this and make it a little bit more of a unscripted free-for-all because I know Matt watched some of the events live on Twitch I unfortunately just kept up to date with tweets that were coming out on the event. Uh, Danny, how were you, were you watching it all? I watched one. That was uh, Pablo. Okay. So, and I'm sure we had a few of our Discord members and Patreons and everyone watching too, but this one just going to be a little bit more of a freestyle. So, uh, Matt, why don't you go ahead and start us off because you ended up watching more events than either of us did. Uh, when it came to the top eight bracket, I only made it towards the semifinals is when I got in uh, on the, the semis of the lower bracket to the finals, which was a very intense game. It was a very intense game. And okay, so when it comes to when it comes to alchemy as a format and the, the Mardu and Orzov dungeon decks that both Zach, Dun- uh, Zach Dunn was playing Mardu and uh, Eli Cassis. Eli Cassis was playing just the Orzov version of it. It uh, it makes me sad that it's like we can't get that into uh, we can't get that into paper. But that's neither here nor there for the tournament purposes and stuff. But uh, upper brackets, we had first off Jim Davis versus Eli uh, Cassis, and Jim Davis was making his apparently making his first career top finish and doing so undefeated undefeated in a 12-0 fashion according to the article here i did not realize he was 12-0 in that and if i'm not mistaken uh he was playing a grixis control deck yep no no jim davis was not well it's a grixis midrange that's what he was playing oh was it mm-hmm. confirmed what's well, on the top eight on the top eight poster on top yeah, yeah. Look at there. Reading the reading the bracket explains the bracket. Or just reading the what's under their name, which is happened to be on the bracket. I was talking about the photos on the right top. Keep going. Right there. Oh, look at there. It does. 
Okay. Okay, the more you know. Got to use these pictures. Pictures, man. Pictures are the way to go. But uh, so you had Jim Davis uh, losing to Eli Cassis, and Eli Cassis advanced on. Jim Davis got bumped down to the lower brackets. Then moving on up, you got to see some intense decks from, uh, oh, geez, I apologize for the name slaughtering that is about to come here. Yudai Miano, who is playing Esper Clerics and going against uh, Mono White Agro, which Mono White Agro, in all honesty, after all the alchemy changes, it's still being a deck and still putting up kind of surprising because after the the resplendent the two drop thing that changed the when they change it from getting a plus one counter on combat to upkeep really just held that deck oh luminarch there we go luminarch aspirants yep there we go that one and so it's like a mono white deck in the top eight running this is caught me off guard because i'm like oh White we that, that's, white agro deck. That's the whole reason they did well. Is because no one expected it to be a deck in this competition. It's very true. It's very true. If a person metagames right, they're like, "Oh, this deck's not going to be something." It's like, ah, I can get underneath them. They got a bunch of different clips and stuff like where there were like key moments that happened that were very clippable and stuff. And when we got to the top, the the finals with Zach Dunn and uh, Eli Cassis. That battle was intense because uh, that's the one that I watched. The the attrition dungeon decks going at it and just seeing like the level of play that Zach Dunn, who not affiliated with like NPL or Rivals compared to Eli Cassis. And it was great. I don't, know, I, I, I don't got much else to add on to that necessarily. Towards the end, Zach Dunn was cracking a bunch of his blood tokens to try to find his answer and uh, had something that could have saved him a turn, but then decided to cycle it away, hoping to find something better, and got two lands off of those blood tokens instead. So that was pretty unfortunate. I was definitely rooting for for Zach there. Go blood tokens. Is that what you were sitting saying? Blood tokens, yeah. No, I wasn't saying that. I was like, ah, Zach, you you should have just stuck with the the guaranteed hand of like at least giving you another turn, then you could have cracked them later and like survive a turn, dig deep, dig a little deeper. But I wasn't in his seat. He's he he's doing him. We are clearly not the people you would sit and go, hey, how do I sit in gameplay? Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you can ask our opinion, but we're not the professionals. No, we are not. Uh, with that, for that, you talk to you talk to the likes of uh, Dom Har- Harvey, and you talk to Reed Duke. <laughs> Corey Baumeister, they they know their shits. We drink beer and talk magic. Yep, but you know what? We have a damn good time doing it, and we seem to entertain some people, so they Which keep coming dope. back. Which is dope. Thank you. Danny, you're getting old. Oh, God. Do you want me to get you some? <laughs> For those of you who didn't hear, Danny landed hard on his ass. He broke his butt. Playing with his kids. Because I still think it's his wife that spanked him too hard. Oh, no. she has it on video. And, and she has that, the spanking on video? Yes. Damn. Yes. Wait, is that on your guys' OnlyFans page? You started the OnlyLands without Nomad? What the hell? Sure caught up. I thought we were doing this together. Nope. Wow. See how it is? Every man land for himself. Fuck off. <laughs> 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 
Can we get on with this fucking show already? <laughs> oh, do you need to go? Just shut up. <laughs> Better be drinking, Chapman. <laughs> All the shut ups that have been said. Chapman, I'm so sorry for everything that Danny has done to you right now. <laughs> no, you're not. We're going to keep going? Yeah, let's keep going. All right, we'll keep going down the list so that way Danny can go get his butt hurt ointment on. It's already hurt. So I can get more hurt. <laughs> All right. So some upcoming events. We're just going to talk about one. We talked about it a little bit. Or are we going to talk about more? No. Oh, you're no, raising no, we, your hands. Okay. We got we got seal flippers in the chat saying this weekend MTG is still the only show I watch on Twitch. Fuck yeah, Seal. You're truly the best. Hell yeah, he is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Seal is always here. Always here. He is. He's, have, for the have, most part. Yeah. I don't think you've missed a weekend. Fuck, years. Sure. It's been 84 years. <laughs> Copyright infringement. Hold on, hold on. No, that's not for you. No, it's for use. We did it, it is for co- use. We did we did do it with commentary. Yep. So there we go. All right. Anyway. Uh <laughs> okay. so, hold on, hold on. Before we continue, we gotta this sure. we can copyright allow. I was about to say we gotta get Noah on for here. Okay. Noah, we know it's your birthday, but please take a take a break, answer these questions, make sure we don't get fucked. In the ass. Like Danny did. That's why he can't sit. Holy shit. Maybe she's not spanking him. It's pegging. She's pegging him. People have their secrets. You know, I just want to say, when Danny came walking in here with his plate of spaghetti, there was a bit of a waddle to him. And I don't know if it was a waddle of a sore butt cheek or if it was a waddle of, like, a sore anus. You know, I'm not versed in anus pain enough. (laughs) You sure? I'm positive. (laughs) I might get butt hurt, but I don't get date raped hurt. New level of butt hurt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, moving on. Upcoming events. We've just got one for you to talk about today just because it's our more local one that we actually have coming up this Saturday here at Paradox Comics and Cards. It is the first event of their Crazy 8, and it starts March 19th. That is Saturday's day, just in case you were confused, at noon. And it is going to be Swiss rounds and cut into tops. Again, depending on how many show up will depend on what they cut into, whether it's top four or top eight. All players will provide four 15-card booster packs of their choice. You must bring at least two unique booster packs. You may not bring unsets or silver-bordered cards, which for the most part is just the unseries. Mm-hmm. Or any packs that were designed for multiplayer use. This would be your Commander Legends. This would be your Conspiracy. I believe Battle Bond might even be included in that one because it's for two-headed. But, you but know, it's not silver. It's not silver, but it is multiplayer. So if you are listening and you are going to be going to this event and you're like, you know what, I want to bring Battle Bond, maybe bring a backup pack just in case and you can ask when you get there. Because Battle Bond packs are 15 card packs, so... I think Battle Bond's... I think it might work, but that one, we'd have to talk with Rich early about the owner of Paradox. Yeah. But like I said, just bring a backup pack just in case. Just go buy some vintage packs and just play with those. Go in with Arabian Nights. Hell yeah. Just show up with freaking revised. Come in with a a dark pack, and I'm pretty sure people will give you just mad respect. Well, it's just like your bachelor party. I brought a crap ton of either modern masters or not modern masters, but uh, masters. And then I think I got a couple of vintage master packs and I spent probably a couple hundred dollars on packs just for that one night. 
it was a good it was a good bachelor party. Did you pull anything good? I can't remember. Okay. So long ago. It was. Instead of and you heard it here, there. folks. Instead of spending money on strippers, Danny got Matt booster packs. Rob's almost got me. <laughs> that I was say, a joke. It was a joke. It was a joke. There's a friend that he had come, uh, got her, got got her convinced to come in and like try and be like, oh, so who's the bachelor and stuff? And she was dressed uh, like cowgirl, cow cowgirl esque and stuff. Yeah, pretty good looking. Not gonna lie, and. It was just like, who's it? I was just like, fucking beat red. (laughs) I'm like, yep. I don't know what to fucking do in this case. I'm just a nerd. (laughs) (laughs) And then it it was disclosed that it's like, oh, yeah, Rob's just just like, hey, you should come and scare my buddy. And I'm like, ah, phew. And then he ate nuts. Yeah, then we ate testicles. Nice. Rocky Mountain Oysters? Yep. Rocky Mountain Oysters. We went to Dent, Minnesota. We got bent in Dent. Okay. So all of you are wondering why there's like this weird abrupt change <laughs> between where we last left off to right now. It's because we sanitized it off for 20 minutes, and that's now going to be a Patreon exclusive. It's been longer than 20 minutes. Anyway, prizes for this event. So first place, if you are the guaranteed first place winner of this, you get the Crazy A playmat and a spot at the final table that is... A complete mystery. We don't know what kind of event the final table is going to be for those eight players. So my question is, for if you were to win the tournament... Correct, Mundo. Are you then not able to play any of the others? That one? I will have to ask Rich, and I will um, get an update for or, us for next week because I don't it, know if I can get an answer this quick. No matter how far you go, you're always one play slower. I like I said I will I will shoot a message over to Rick so, or, or Rich so that way I can we can kind of comment on that as we go on. This is the first event, so we don't have to worry about it yet. Oh yeah, I was just thinking about this. But like, we will have to worry about hmm. it for the next event following. Um, so first place you get that crazy eight play mat, you get the final s- table spot, but then the pack breakdown, and this is all based off of sixteen players. So four and all oh, you get six packs, three and one you get four packs, two and two you get two, everything else you get one pack. So, if you guys are in the FM area on a Saturday, please make sure to uh, get on over to Paradox starting at noon for the Chaos Draft. And I got nothing else for upcoming events because we're just going to cover that one this week. But, Danny, did you find a blog target or are we just glossing right over it? <laughs> we're going right over it because of these side tangents. We're going right over it. There's a right reason why I don't it. find them anymore. All right. Moments like this. And I want it to be noted on the record, you contributed. Yes. You can't blame all of our long episodes on just Matt and I anymore. You contribute to the longevity of some of these. But it all started with you. And to that, I take a sip out of my wonderful mug. Cheers, you good sir. I'm going to cheers Matt by myself. Yeah, there we, oh, now he's contributing. There we go. There we go. This week in MTG, getting on sign tangents. Yay. All because of alcohol. Truly, though. Not Truly's. Well, I don't know. If Truly's come, come out with a decent flavor that doesn't taste like they just drove past a truck that has strawberries in it, I might give it a chance. Here's the smell of the fruit <laughs> that we put in this drink. <laughs> And it's a very faint sniff. 
But if you're ever wondering what we are drinking to get us so liberally liquefied, couraged, chatty, side tangenty, make sure to pay attention to our live stream where you can see all the funny things we're drinking. Hey, Matt, what's next? Uh, I think what's next in the news is is Danny's reading. Ooh. Oh, is it? Sick. It is. Is it, Matt? Is it color-coded, Matt? No, it's not. It is. Yeah, it no, is. it's not. I see color-coding here. I see color-coding there. <laughs> he was looking at the paradox. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, it's not color-coded. <laughs> uh, excuse me, sir. That falls under the green. You know what? To <laughs> fuck off. You're for laughters. Anyway, since he's not going to say it, um, guys are wonderful. Uh, we go to the secret layer reminders. Uh, same as last week, we are reminding you that if you plan on getting some of the newest secret layer, you, will, you better do it soon. Uh, just a brief of the recaps in this super drop are the secret, uh, not secret, uh, Street Fighter, Little Walkers, Showcase Neon Dynasty, Introducing uh, Kato Suzuki, Shizuki. Kaito Shizuki. There we go. Secret guests, Yoko Shimu's, uh, Shades Not Included, Pictures of the Floating World, and Kamigawa the Meg, uh, Megna. Manga. Yeah, there we go. The card. <laughs> Did you sh- <laughs> yes like i feel like if that was subtitled there would be like a line and then all of a sudden you're welcome the cards <laughs> just, just like the comic oh, <laughs> Uh, anyway, most cards between are uh, most costs between forty and fifty dollars, and there are super bundles that will get you one of each of one of each of the bundle of different prices. The words are hard, guys. Yeah. Check the link below for full details and the images of what they look like. We got Shady Crumb Cake in the chat saying, "Hey, Garrett. Hi, Matt." Oh, another Matt. Yeah, it's another Matt. Another Matt. Hello, fellow Matt. You are a badass. Thank you. <laughs> Just because your name is Hi- Matt, not Hi- because he knows you. High-fived Matt. Actually, I think I feel like you probably have met this Matt. Due to the like circles you both kind of cross in, I feel like you've probably met each other at some point. Maybe? Either through me or just on your own, genuinely. When it comes to remembering people, I don't know. I have a bad well, he, time. Faces, too- faces I can remember. If I saw you, I'd be like, oh, I've met this person. Names. Because it's like, oh, when I think of people named Matt that I know, I only think of the two people back in high school that I knew that were Matt's as well. Side tangent number seven. And now uh, no, you, we, now we restart, we restart the count every time. We get back on track. We get back on track. I know a Matt in high school. Oh, quite hey, a few anyways. Matt. Hey. Hey, don't stop this, Sajent. I am going to stop you, sir. No. You've had a taste of the good life, and now you're addicted. And I'm going to be that asshole that keeps this podcast going for hours. Garrett, Garrett. Yes, sir. Shut up, Matt. <laughs> what, what you got? Garrett, go. No, what you got, Matt? See, now, Sajent. You can't, you can't be talking to Danny like what that. What the he fuck? M- he might get butthurt. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get butthurt. I'm already butthurt. It's already gaping about this whole big. <laughs> That's right what now. it feels like. <laughs> <sighs> the classic joke, Danny at the beginning of the night. Danny, Danny at, at the end, end of the night. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's and you to- guys blame me for all this. 
Well, tonight it is your fault. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> so along with the Neo Championship that aired last night, Watsi showed off several new of the Kamigawa Neon Dynasty alchemy cards. Let's go over them. Meow. Right meow? Right meow. 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 So I'm going to quickly read over some of these cards here because they're kind of cool. First off, we have Dragonfly. 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 Pilot. See, even he has troubles with words. Single white, you get a 1-1 fox pilot. Whenever Dragonfly Pilot <clears throat> enters the battlefield, conjure a card named Dragonfly Suit to your hand. Uh, conjure is you just, like, make that card show up in your hand. Dragonfly Suit is a two-mana artifact vehicle crew one, like it's a 2-2 flyer and stuff. So Dragonfly Pilot crews vehicles as though its power were too greater. Uh, Dragonfly Pilot is in the commander deck of Kamigawa. Next up, we have Kami of Bamboo Groves. For a single green, you get a 1-1 enchantment creature spirit. When Kami of Bamboo Groves enters the battlefield, you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield tapped. What? And then it has Channel, 2 and a green. Discard Kami of Bamboo Groves. Conjure two cards named Force to your hand. This is an Emporial Grazer. That's, I, yeah, I saw the Twitter was a goodbye, Boreal Grazer, because of this card. Eh, I don't know. A Boreal Grazer is still good. It's a one mana 03 with reach. It blocks flyers, and I do not think that that should be discounted. Do not think that that should but be discounted. This, this is this a good card... ramp piece. Maybe it'd be like a, a 4 2 split or a 3 2 split, maybe. Test it out. See what, I mean, in the end, the fucking alchemy players are going to know more than what, but, what we know. But to have a card that's like an Boreal Grazer be changed due to its power level of ability it's a broken card yeah this this thing is i guess this and thing it's is, already and it's kind of broken in alchemy too this thing is a little better than a boreal grazer just because it like it it it, it works on the, the the spectrum the gameplay spectrum it's like early game it's good it ramps you you need a card in hand yep but it ramps you uh, late game, it gets you those cards. You have multiples in these hands. You channel the first to ramp with the second and stuff. So maybe this is one of those instances of where it's like Aboreal Grazer and uh, Kami of the Bamboo Grows is going to be like the rule of eight. Is you now have four of these Aboreal Grazer-like creatures yeah. to get you into this like hardcore ramp kind of area. Well, since green is so big creature aggro, it's like you're saying, four of and four of, so you can have that big four or five five guy turn three. Yeah. Okay. So next up we have better offer. Blue X sorcery. Put a random creature card with mana value X or less from target opponent's library onto the battlefield under your control. It perpetually has base power and toughness XX and perpetually gains ward one. Well, this is pretty interesting because it's like you do, let's say you put in four mana for this, you get a, a CMC spell of four or less, and then it becomes a four four. So even if you hit an opponent's Kami of the Bamboo Groves, you get a four four that ramps you and stuff. So that's pretty cool. Next up, we have Kami of Mourning. Uh, not like the morning, but like sadness morning. Black 2 for a 3-2 creature spirit. Whenever Kami of Morning enters the battlefield, target creature you control or a creature card in your graveyard perpetually gains. Whenever a creature you control with greater mana value than this card dies, return it, Return this card from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. What? Okay. Fuck zombies. That's, this is a spirit. I know but that, the but the it's so like a zombie. This is pretty good. Because it's like, if you figure out a way 
to I don't know, like flash in Kami of Morning in your Croxus style tech. It's just like bloop. Or I don't know. There, there's definitely things that you could do with this. Uh, next up, we have Forceful <clears throat> Cultivator. Two green, green for a two, three creature snake shaman. This spell costs two less to cast if there are no land cards in your hand. When Forceful Cultivator enters the battlefield, search your library for a basic land card, put it on the battlefield tapped, then shuffled. All right, that's pretty cool. So it's a four mana ramp or two mana ramp if you have no cards in hand. You can guarantee that this is a card that's going to be getting tweaked about. Like they're going to put, they're going to pump this up at some point. No, you you can play this for green green with six cards in hand. You just can't have a land in your hand, right? Which means it's just showing your hand to play for cheaper. Yep. So interesting. Next up, we have Moth Rider Calvary. For white, white, two, you get a 2-2 two, two human samurai. This spell costs two less if you have no other creature cards in hand or if the only other creature cards in your hand are named Moth Rider Calvary. It's a flying, it has flying, and it reads other creatures you control get plus one, plus one. That's broken. Hey, hey, here's the thing. I've got, I've got only two creatures in my hand, one of which I'm going to play. It's called Moth Rider Calvary. Oh, wait, the other one I have in my hand is Moth Rider Calvary. And, oh, I got to play that one next, too. Right. So for, This is going to be awesome in token decks. So for four mana, you get, if you if you have two in hand in this case, you get, for four mana, you get two, three, three flying creatures that pump up your other creatures by plus two, plus two. Yeah, that's nutter butters. That is pretty solid. And those are the cards that were shown during yesterday's stream on... Uh, the Neo Championship. There are more cards that have been shown, actually, as well. So, oh, no, I actually closed the tab because it was on Facebook. Okay, there's a bunch more cards that have been shown. I'll make sure to link them below. We'll probably we talk about next week, too, a little bit. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And uh, these are going to be getting, uh, these are going to be available on Arena on March 17th. Perfect. Well, this next article is short, so as Matt has done for me, I will read it verbatim. Why does he get all the short ones? Just kidding. <laughs> Just Due kidding. to supply chain issues, there will be less availability of Streets of New Capenna commander <clears throat> decks in the United States and Canada than originally planned at time of release on April 29th. We do not anticipate other Streets of New Capenna products to be impacted. Wizards Play Network stores everywhere now have a larger window through May 8th for scheduling Streets of New Capenna Commander launch party events. Please check with your local game store to confirm when Streets of New Capenna Commander decks and Commander, Le- Commander launch party events will be available for you. Additional Streets of New Capenna Commander deck products will be available after release. We look forward to sharing these decks with you soon. One thing of notes, the Commander launch parties are where you get those awesome bonus cards. Yep, so the Swiftfoot Boots and the Mindstone. The alt art, the different yes. art Mindstone, which is just like a rock that's split in two with electrical electricity going between them. And uh, you get that one if you bring a friend. Otherwise, if you show up, you just get the Swiftfoot Boots. If you bring a friend, you both get the Mindstone. While supplies last on that. Fancy. It should have been the Sword and the Stone. <laughs> but anyway, uh, every week, Wizards of the Coast PR person, Blake Rathenson, hosts a weekly MTG live stream where news gets announced that is important for the Magic Realm. Well, in this last Thursday's episode of the beginning, 
At the beginning, Blake mentioned a schedule of what topics to expect from Magic MTG, or Weekly MTG. In the coming weeks for content, he said for the March 17th live stream, the main topic will be about the economy of Arena that he has talked about doing for a while now. No other details were given of what to expect, but this is going to be important for any Arena player. March 24th March 24th will be Commander Legends 2 Battle of Baldur's Gate pre-beat stream, which also doesn't have a lot of details announced. The final date Blake announced or mentioned is March 31st, where organized play will be discussed with Huey Jensen, lead of play design. This is kind of exciting. Not going to lie. The, the hype for these next three weeks <clears throat> is going to be good. Uh, first off, finally getting an arena economy live screen the live stream discussion that's going to happen uh blake rasmussen always tries to have a q a at the end of the episode uh just taking in live questions and answering them at the best of his ability and i don't know uh, i guess now pick your brains real quick we all play we all play arena i've picked up arena again yep I have a funny feeling we'll be playing it a little bit more regularly now. I do, yep. I do feel that as well. So it's like, what uh, in like a paragraph or less summarize what you would want to be discussed in I'll go this first. arena Take uh, it away, economy Danny. Discussion. So with arena, the one thing that will improve the economy of arena or just the store in general is a way to buy wild cards or buy portions of wild card so a gold wild card takes you how many well it uh is it eight eight wait eight portions of wild card to get a wild card yeah but then it can vary between mythic and so the gold the gold and the orange yep but for rare yeah you have eight packs you open you get a wild card okay and i think does it is and it it's two for one as far as two gold, one orange, or is it does it switch? I can't remember every other. I don't know of opening packs when you get the the mythic, but I do know as soon as you start getting to like the duplicates and stuff in the pack that uh, you get like uh, wild get card in yeah wild card in place of that pending the rarity. So it's like if you get if you already have the play sets of whatever in I don't know Kami of Transcendent that's rare or anything uh, well whatever yeah. You, you get the, the corresponding wild card when you have that and stuff. So, God, yeah, it's been so long with the arena economy. I'm so bad at it. But I'm more than positive when it comes to getting a wild card. You can also open up random wild cards, too. Yeah, yeah um, you, can, you can open up full wild cards as your yep. rare or your rare slot. But it's just one of those things like, so I got back on arena last week f- for first time in a year and a half, two years, whenever Arena came on phone is when I stopped playing. Okay. And I spent all my rares. And mind you, I probably had like 13 rares just right there. But it's like, to go through just for one deck, how many rares you have to have or how many hours you have to play in order to actually have a deck. And I don't even have the full deck list. Yeah, that is definitely one of the biggest complaints about a lot of Arena players where it's like, all the important cards that you need to have are, are the rares. rares. Yep. Not and, even mythics. Yeah. Like I have 13 myth mythic wild cards just sitting there. 
I just don't use them. Yeah, the mythic the mythic wild cards they're not as important as the rares because you know the lands, the dual lands yep. that you're going to need are going to be rares, and that takes up you know four to eight depending on your color and how many colors that you have. Yep. and it's it's rough because the amount of of time and dedication that you got to have to be able to get these wild cards to get these cards. Who who had the uh, somebody did like the math on it? It's like it is like the most inefficient way to be getting magic cards by opening packs. It's like you're just kind of forced. If you want to do it, you got to spend all this money to get packs and just like consistently open up the packs and stuff. And yep. like, oh, then you get the wild cards and then you can like get the decks. Yeah, you got to spend that. You got to spend your hundred dollars on cards just to get your two rare mythic or rare wild cards that you're looking for. I do remember that uh, Hipsters of the Coast, I don't know if they've, I, I can't, I haven't been on Hipsters of the Coast since Kamigawa came out, but typically what they did is they'd have an Excel sheet that would uh, connect up, that, that would have all the information and stuff for the cards in the set, and mm-hmm. you would do rare drafting, use your gems, use your gold to get into drafts, and you just like rare draft at whatever chance, collect yep. your packs, and then uh, it would like let you know. It's like you keep inputting like what rare you got, how many of them you got, how many packs you got, and then at the end of the Excel sheet, it's like if you open up uh, at, at this point, you can open up all your packs as you saved, and then you should have like 95, 90 or 95% of the, the rares and or mythics of the set and so you won't have to use that many wild cards and you got the fact that you got to have somebody have an excel fucking sheet but how much time and money was spent to get all those cards exactly uh doing it the freeway it's doable like if i'm not mistaken i think uh one of the first times they came out with it was during theros beyond death and the theros beyond death uh excel sheet they said that you could probably do it all within before the season ends of Theros Beyond Death. And that's definitely time and dedication, which is like, you know, I don't know, like kudos to the person that can do that. But then at the same time, the person that wants to spend money. But then you get to the point of like wanting to spend money. It's like now you're, you're making Arena a play to pay, a play to win, pay to win, a pay to win game. And it's like... This is that kind of like defeat some purpose. Like magic's already like a pay to win. And it's like we already know magic's a pay to win in, in in some degrees. It's like you want the better mana, you're gonna buy the mana crypt, mana vaults, uh, and you're gonna get all these other like high end fucking like ramp accelerant cards that cost a lot of money or these big end wheel of fortune, time spiral, etc. etc. Mm-hmm. Now it's just kind of like shifting into arena. I guess I don't know where I was going with like the arena economy, like bringing in paper magic, but it's like. How I lost track. I stopped listening. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. So I'll listen to it never. I don't remember who, where I heard this, where I read it, whatever it happens to be. But um, whenever a new set comes out, what they recommend, so that way you can kind of help your wild card count at the end of a, a month mm-hmm. is or an end of a series. Um, because they, they talked about when new sets come out and rotations happen and all that jazz. Um, basically, when you get the email of, hey, you got this and you get your rewards, I think it's the monthly one. Anyway, sorry. What I was getting at is they recommended whenever a new set. So f- most recently for us, what you should have done with Neon Dynasty stuff before you started drafting, before you started getting packs or anything, was use your common and uncommon wild cards because that's probably what you have the most of. Craft all of the cards in that new set and okay. then because then your your count goes up and then you're just getting new wild cards for those and everything and it increases 
everything um, as far as your counts of what duplicates you've gotten past your play sets and everything. And apparently that has something to do with it and it increased your rewards for getting the gold and the mythic wild cards. And this was in the official Watsi email? No, this was not in the official Watsi email. This was um, a content creator uh, sitting here going, hey, here's here's a good way for you to boost what you have on your personal account. So I know I forgot to do it before Neon Dynasty because I was going to try it out and see what was what. So when uh, New Capenna comes out, I think I'm going to do it for there and I can give a better report on it. Okay, so just a uh, just recap then. So what you do is with your common uncommon wild cards, you get all as many cards as you can from New Capenna with those wild cards. Yes, and then you start drafting. Yeah, and, I, and ideally, what you do is you get all of the commons and uncommons out of the set, and you get the play sets of them. So that way, when you're opening any packs, as far as prize packs, what cards you keep, anything like that, you've already got your full play set. And then it it does something, and I I would have to find the actual article of the video I watched of this and send it out to you guys. But and maybe we can do a thought cast on it here in the future once I find it. Yeah, find it, share it in I don't know, Discord, Facebook. Yeah, I'll share it in Discord too for the arena chat. But yeah, no, apparently it's a good way to kind of boost your numbers as far as the statistics that you get sent out from Watsi about your arena account saying, hey, you opened up this many packs. You got this, you got this. And it goes, hey, you got all the duplicates. Way to go. So when it comes to the arena economy, what do you hope to see? I know for me personally, I would like to see some kind of trading feature because I have rares I'm never going to use mm-hmm. in a deck. Um, and I know like right now with, with our preemptive testing things out for a league play with our Discord, um, sitting and l- trying to build the deck I wanted to build, I didn't have enough rares. I didn't have enough rare wild cards. Yeah, and we I, already I, talked I, about that. I ran that. out. So yeah, I'm, I'm using lands I shouldn't be using. And that's what I did. I did the uh, the comes into play tap, but you gain one life. So at least I'm getting oh, some yep. kind of benefit out of it um, in place of the uh, the flip lands. See, out of- I didn't even get those. I, I I think I have a couple in my my deck. Oh, I, I, I have I have the MDF lands. Okay, and I don't have all the ones I needed to. So I mean, that's one thing. I mean, for me too, I suppose another thing, just because this is what I like playing in Magic. I do like playing one to one. It's really nice because then you only have to think about what one person has. Mm-hmm. But I think it'd be really cool to do something. And Christian kind of agreed on it on our Discord about it, like bringing something like Commander in. So being able to do Commander pods would be really cool. They got to be getting close to something like that now, I, right? Like I that don't. Has to be- I don't think they'll do it. Like does. Does like, Moto have it? Yeah, Moto has it. Moto has multiplayer, but it's like, yeah. but, Mo- but how how how? I guess how many kinks does that one have? I can't speak on. I, I can't don't play Moto, either. but I do know people do play Commander leagues on Moto, um, and it's four person like, pod ones too. Correct. So one thing I do remember is uh, I do want to point out when it com- if you're going to be like differentiating between Arena and Moto, remember Moto has now been picked not picked up. It's been. Uh, the the back end side of it has been uh, passed off to a third party company that has experience with developing games. We talked about it like a month, yep. six weeks ago, four six weeks. It's ago. It's been a while. 
uh, about that. And like, there's a third party developer that's going to be like growing Moto, but Wizards of the Coast is still in charge of Arena. And when it comes uh, multiplayer, the multiplayer functionality of what Arena could do in having like their own commander variant, which is Brawl. Yep. Hundred card historic brawl is the closest thing that you can get on arena to commander. Like they're aware that's a multi multiplayer format. Like they, they, there's no, it blow it would blow my mind if that is something that they don't have on a roadmap for for arena. And in all fairness, we have not gotten a roadmap of what is to come on arena for. A pretty long time. The best roadmap that we had so far was like the set roadmap of like what's coming out and like magic and stuff. Yeah. But multiplayer on arena, I, I don't know. I don't think it's going to get brought up in the magic economy live stream on Thursday. And little side tangent with this. Maybe on Thursday, what we'll do is we'll little all, side tangent. He says we'll all get Whoa. on join join our Discord. We'll all get together in the Discord group and we'll watch it together. And then we'll 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 talk what we think about it as it, as it goes on. I think that'd be pretty fun. You guys free on Thursday? Uh, what time are you thinking? It starts at four thirty. I'm at work still. Um, it depends on if I'm the parent helper gymnastics parent or if I'm the sit on the sidelines and watch my kid parent. Okay. So, depending on that, depends on if I am available at four thirty. There's a high chance that I will at least be there. Well, <laughs> stream if, it to the Discord. If anything, post things in there, and if I'm the sit down parent, I can at least chat with. So. Yeah. So that's the arena economy one. That's uh, this week in MTG's thoughts when Fuck it comes arena. to the <laughs> arena economy. I don't know. Do you want to you wanna do, uh, I don't know, just a quick mention? on. I think the most important thing is going to be the organized play discussion. People, be happy. Organized play announcements are coming. Uh, you can stop saying that Watsi doesn't give a shit about competitive play. They are now coming out with... They're going to be announcing their ideas soon, and having uh, because they don't have a pro circuit anymore. Having William Jensen in charge of the the organized play portion of Watsi, I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward to it because remember, uh, Huey Jensen, William Jensen is uh, was a CFB pro member, pro player, and uh, I don't know. I I'm excited for what he thinks and what he has going for that. So I think that's kind of an exciting thing as well. I don't know what else to add on that. We're going to get more pro play. I don't know if they're going to be like MPL is done. We're going back to like plat points and stuff like that. Cause I know that a lot of pros like the idea of that, but in the end, I don't know. Like they're still trying the Watsi is still trying to appease to Hasbro shareholders on like, Hey, you know, we got to make sure that putting millions of dollars into competitive play. When I say millions of dollars, I say that tongue in cheek because they fucking took away a lot of money from the fucking pro circuits. Uh, two years ago, a year and a half ago. Year and a half. Whenever it was brought up, like at the beginning of the pandemic, they were like, "We're gonna give what was it a fucking million dollars away?" And then they like chopped it. Give it to a quarter. Thing it was. Was it twenty five? Two hundred fifty thousand. I think it was like two hundred fifty thousand was for the year. They fucking money was gone. Yeah. So. Yeah, because the person who put it on just shortcutted everyone. Ah, yeah. I don't know. I have. I'm looking forward to it. I want to give Watsi and Huey like the benefit of the doubt that they're definitely going to be focused on the competitive competitive aspect of it and like do something that's going to do competitive play the due diligence that it deserves because competitive play is like a big part of Magic. Like even when you look back at the 
the conception, the the beginning parts of magic. And I'm pretty sure we're going to be touching about this in the thought cast later uh, when we come with those gold cards. And uh, speaking of those gold cards, we'll just kind of like kind of put the bow on that discussion there because you all know if you listen to us for any amount of time, we could talk about this for fucking ever. So, well, cool. I'll take up the next one then because I know I've been super excited about this. Perfect. I was, the whole time. I, was, I was hoping that you'd be the one that would offer to, to pick this one up. Okay. So if you are listening to us right now during the live stream tomorrow, the Kickstarter for the Alchemic or the Academic 133 plus XL deck that is coming from Tellurian Academy. Start that whole thing up. Start okay. that whole thing over. Rewind. Again. Words are out. hard. This is where it's starting. Here we Words go. Words are hard. Also, alcohol probably doesn't help. Words are hard in, th- in the first place. Exactly. Anyway, here we go. So if you are listening to us here live on the stream and you've stumbled through me screwing up that one the first time around, so here's take two. I'll just leave that in now just because. Perfect. There we go. <laughs> All right. So to tomorrow, the professor's deck box comes out on Kickstarter. And if you are listening to us when the episode drops or shortly thereafter, make sure to head over to Kickstarter. Go back this project because he's hinted at a lot of things that are potentially coming as they get to different tier levels and as these Kickstarters are funded. But I do know one thing. If you are listening to us right now on the live cast, if you are one of the early birds, and I believe he upped it, the most recent one, he upped it to 2,000. So if you are one of the first 2,000 people to back this project, you will actually get a signed copy of the deck box from the professor. And it's nice in silver ink and everything, and it from the picture, it looks hella sweet. It's like embossed into it. It's not like actually signed yeah but it is it is his signature but it's yeah the print stamp there we go that's a better way to describe it but either way to um just watching some of the videos and he actually did do a is it worth it to buy the academic video and he kind of talked he jokingly goes you know it's an f for fantastic and he kind of plays around a little bit because obviously this one is going to be one that is near and dear to his heart. It has a lot of his say of what should be going in it. And um, the professor does a great job at explaining it. So make sure if you haven't, you head over, watch his video on the deck box. He talks about it super in depth, but honestly, and just in case you haven't or you won't, this deck box fits one deck into it. So one commander size deck, double sleeved and everything, but it also has different compartments for holding. Maybe you're maybe you're running a token deck and this is your token deck box where you can keep all your tokens that are necessary for this box, keep some dice. You're even able to put some hard shell sleeves in the side next to the decks. And he's talked about how this deck box is very versatile. He's had a lot of talk with GameGenics about how it's built and everything. And obviously, he gave this one a high grade because I think part of it is the fact of he helped design it and had some say into it. So you guys planning on backing this one at all so you can get one? Yes. I I am too. I already decided like the amount of money that I want to put towards this. (sighs) Okay. To preface this, fucking the professor is... He is such a backbone 
to the the magic community like whether you be like competitive to casual in franchise non-enfranchise you're gonna stumble across uh, a professor you're gonna, you're gonna come across him once in a while yeah and like just like watching his video you're, you're like he is a he is a charming well well-made like youtuber makes great content and it's like he, he he's he's a he's a person that cares about the community so much and he shows that and the fact that you know remember when we first talked about this was it two weeks ago when he first announced that he was getting i think it was actually three weeks ago but yeah anyway he was saying that this what he has been working on is like a love letter to the community and i feel that this is like a legit love letter to the community because um it's such a good looking deck box. I haven't it had it, but watching all the the videos and stuff, the listening to the interview that he did with Andre Alonso, Alonso. I'm so sorry. Hey, by the way, Adrian where Alonso. are our comfy chairs? I'm very uncomfortable here. This is the slide that did me in. <laughs> the what? So this is the slide that did me in. And anyway, you know, Matt, he. First off, I think we should say hashtag non-sponsored. Yeah, not sponsored. Not sponsored like to promote the professor at all, but he truly is. He does he does fun reviews of, you know, top 10 cards for modern, top 10 cards for commander. Does great skits as well. Um, I came across his uh, videos. He did top 10 villains of the Magic Universe and top 10 heroes of the Magic Universe. Great ones, yes. Oh, and those were super awesome a while back. Watching his gameplay videos of like uh, game nights that he's been on, or I hate your deck yep. as well, and like, especially the ones where he posts Malone on I hate your deck switch wardrobes. It was so good, but uh, essentially, like the professor is just like I don't know. He he's definitely well, like a backbone of the community. Well, and, and he and does def- a he does a lot of cool things too to support causes he believes in too. So I mean, this is just kind of talking about some of the stuff he does. Whether or not you believe in this please don't let it affect whether or not you go watch him but he does things for a trans life um so he's helped the trevor project as yeah. well and he does so he does a lot of these where he wants to give back and everything too so he it i would hope if i ever got the chance to meet the professor that my expectations are met by how cool of a guy he is oh easily easily like i don't know like the professor top, th- top 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 one in my book in my book, he is like top one magic content creator, magic community person. Okay. That, that, that's my opinion. Okay. Here, here's my question for both of you. First off, Danny, do you watch the professor videos? No. Okay. So then, Matt, this is more directed at you, I think. Guilty pleasure, watching him open those booster packs and see if he gets his value out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watch them. Oh, hell yeah, I do. I uh, just pack opening videos are good and the well, professor makes it very good when he got the new camera setups and stuff um remember when he did i haven't that? watched some of the most recent ones so don't spoil anything as far as editing and everything i didn't watch the neon dynasty ones yet oh i haven't watched the D- neon dynasty i'm talking okay. about the ones where he is uh what what box set was it was it modern horizons 2 where it's like i ordered these off of amazon and i want to show that they're like really treated bad at amazon and he was trying to be like he he mentioned he's like is this one of those things where it's like a, a scam of whatever seller on amazon tried to get them or is it just like amazon pumping out a bunch of stuff and he's opening the packs he made it like one uh continuous stream no cuts and stuff of like just opening it was good yeah it was good i don't know I thought you were talking about the newest ones that he's put out. No, I haven't seen the Kamigawa box opening one yet. Okay. Because I haven't, again, I drive a truck all day 
I can't watch videos. When it comes to these interview podcasts, I got I got YouTube Premium, so I you can, can like, sit and listen. There I can lock the screen, and I can still play YouTube, which is great. Which is great. It's not a this ain't a shill for fucking YouTube, but as a driver, I appreciate the fact that I can listen to like YouTube only podcasts <laughs> yep. without having. Whereas I'm a teacher, and I have planning periods where I can grade papers, do paperwork, and have something pulled up on YouTube on one of my three screens. So, very much so. And quick side note, I did pay for two of those screens myself. So You champ. Hey, well, I got a good deal. Wow. It's, so it's, I have three screens, didn't pay for anything. I can watch anything I want. You know what? Be nice. Danny, you know what? what? Not all of us are what? fucking engineers. I'm not an can, engineer. That can fucking like I am work, not an engineer. Work CAD projects to like I am not an engineer. Get sent out like every other weekend to a, a learning facility down in fucking Sioux Falls where you can drink, have a party. Mind you, I didn't do that either. Educated and shit like that. We we fucking like do the Grammy work while you just be like we we make sure that you can continue you make sure that we can continue to, to do the Grammy work. Yeah. You're welcome. Because of me, you have a job. Make Must me a fucking wallet. Must be hard. Because of me, you both have jobs. <laughs> because of me and people in my profession, you're educated to have your job. Yeah. But because of me, you have people that are going to replace me eventually. Who are we going to have to replace you? You're Danny. I'll, I'll be dead one day. Psh. No, you won't. Not, probably not before me. I do some stupid shit, man. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Yeah, stupid shit. Like, let me sit on his face. <laughs> Whatever fetish he has is his own fetish. Welcome to side tangent of 14 of the night. We restart you- the count when we get back on track, sir. Well, my count is for the overall. Jesus. Not in a row. All right. So, anyway, if you're listening to the recorded version of this, make sure you jump over to Kickstarter. And go back the go back the professor on this as Matt talked about this love letter to the magic community. Get yourself one of these deck boxes, even if you're not one of the first two thousand. It looks like it's going to be hella sweet. So I don't. I'm excited. I'm probably at least going to try to get one, depending on what the different tier levels look like. And yeah, currently, currently, as of now, this evening, there are over thirty six thousand followers who have saved this. God. Fucking damn. You best believe your ass I'm one of them. As am I, Danny. Good. No. Okay. Fuck you. <laughs> well, I, I'm definitely... <laughs> Fuck <excited>. blue. <laughs> I'm excited to get this. It looks really cool. Um, we've linked the interview that he did with the uh, GameGenic founder. I got to find his name here. Adrian Alonzo. Adrian Alonzo. Who did not know... Adrian Alonso is the guy who made the boulder for Ultimate Guard before he went off and created GameGenic. Anyway, why don't we jump into some of this conjured currency, sir? Perfect. What I've been waiting for this whole fucking time. So we all is, can get butthurt. This is interesting. This is an interesting one. Okay, so to, now to the conjured currency section where we cover the finances of notable cards and their price trends. The main resource that we use is the amazing site mtgstocks.com who comes out with a weekly winner's article that goes over 3 to 5 cards of note that are moving up in price and 3 to 5 card 3 to 5 cards that are moving down. Weekly winner's articles drops on Friday and we record on Monday. So if there's any price differences between then and now we will let you know. So let's jump into this. Starting first off, we have Wandering Mage, 
So when I first saw this card, it's from uh, Alliances, and it's a reserve list card. I'm like, I got to double check to make sure I understand what this card does. But it pretty much reads like what the original Alliance card reads. So it is white, blue, black for a 0-3 human cleric wizard that reads, pay a white, pay a life, prevent the next two damage that would be dealt to target creature this turn. Pay a blue, prevent the next one damage that would be dealt to target cleric or wizard this turn. Pay a black, put a neg one, neg one counter on a creature you control, prevent the next two damage that would be dealt to target player this turn. So this card has jumped up 920% as of Friday. It was around just shy of $20. Market price as of today is for $3.88, an average price of around $14. So people are, uh, TCG sellers online are selling it higher. The European average is two pounds, almost three pounds of this card. You can find them on TCG Player for eight bucks. Card Kingdom. I'm pretty sure if I click that link for two ninety nine, they're gonna be sold out. But Card Market seventy eight cents on Card Trader. Seventy eight. Yeah, seventy eight cents. Seven pounds ninety nine cents on Card Trader. So the reason why this card is moving up in price is because of the Streets of New Capenna that was announced last two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, there was Streets of New Capenna. We got the uh, Esper, the Esper family, where it's based on illusions distractions hidden mechanisms people are expecting like the wandering mage to be like perfectly aligned with that family uh it's called obscure the obscure family and primarily that's it along with it being a reserve list card that can't be reprinted and it was two bucks it was like two bucks before all this so reserve list card taking a hard spike does not surprise at all Next up in the weekly winners, we have standard new card, March of Otherworldly Light. For white X, you have an instant that reads, as an additional cost to cast the spell, you may exile any number of white cards from your hand. This spell costs two less to cast for each card exiled this way. And then you can exile target artifact, creature, enchantment with mana value X or less. As of Friday, it was hundred. It jumped up 130%, was chilling around $6. But as of today... Market price is $7.20, average of $8. You have a foil of creeping up to 11 European average for four pounds and a quarter. And this is just the normal pack card. Uh, not the foil, not the extended, not the alternative art, the, the borderless art and stuff. Those are still kind of in the same price. They're moving up like the borderless is like $11. The extended art is $13. <laughs> And stuff but this is moving up because it's seeing a lot of actual play in a lot of different formats standard modern pioneer this is as people have talked about is very comparable to prismatic ending in modern and is showing up in modern legacy builds as kind of like taking over what prismatic ending does because it's a pitch instant that gets rid of three of the most important things like yes it doesn't hit a planeswalker but it hits enchantments, creatures, and artifacts, all the other important things. And you get to pitch white cards from your hands to help reduce the cost of this spell. So it's like one mana, pitch a card, you hit something with CMC two or less, or mana value two or less. Or you can pitch two cards and hit something four or less. Or you pay two mana and a card and you hit something of mana value three or less. So it's it's seeing play across a bunch of different builds. And because of the popularity of that, it because that the popularity is moving up and continuously increasing. 
being a rare in the set does kind of like command that level of a price and understandably so. This is a powerful card. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast when Kamigawa was getting released. When I don't think we talked market. about it in the cards we had all picked. No. We have uh, specific colors and none of us are really like white mages. Nope, I'm, I, a, I'm I a splash am, white in. It's, I'm probably a heavier splash, but that's only in like commander. Right. Modern... It, this I don't think I'd play this because it's not the X and discarding is not my play style. Right. One one thing that is important. I feel a lot of people are now appreciating the fact of pitch cards. Like this is almost a zero mana spell. You pay one mana and you can hit a lot of different targets for that. Yeah. And that has you know fetched a nice little premium on this card, which is pretty cool. So, anybody who has March of Otherworldly Light, be excited about that. Next up in the weekly winners, we have the Wandering Emperor, another Kamigawa card. A lot of Kamigawa cards are moving off. It's a right? really good fucking card. Oh, Before God. people were talking about it, it's like, ah, oh, this is just going to be kind of like the slam dunk card that you get in draft, and it can potentially find a place in what? An Orzov control style deck. But it's doing a lot more than that. So the Wandering Emperor is a Planeswalker from Neon Dynasty that is white, white, two for a three loyalty legendary Planeswalker with no name. It has flash. As long as the Wandering Emperor entered the battlefield this turn, you may activate her loyalty abilities as though you could uh, at, at any time you could cast an instant. Has a plus one at a loyalty. You get a plus one, plus one counter on up to one target creature. It gains first strike till end of turn. Neg one. Create a 2-2 white samurai creature token with vigilance or neg 2 exile target tapped creature you gain to life. This card is broken. It jumped up 87% on Friday, now around $28 as of Friday. But today, the market value of this card is $27.79. Average price, just under $30. Mm -hmm. Foils, just above $31. And the European average is about 12 and a quarter. This also has a, uh, a plethora of different printings. I uh, just quickly want to touch on the jeez, um, oh the, the manga-inspired card. The, the anime art. Yeah. That one is $100. Yep. Did you open one or did you pick some up when they were like 80 Because when this was pre-selling, it was pre-selling for $80. Opened one non-foil. Nice. Right. So one thing I do know, uh, listening to the finance world, people are picking up this card because in Japan, when we're talking about the specific anime-inspired border here, we'll get back to the card here in a second. Uh, The Japanese market is like eating this up like hotcakes right now. So there's people who are working on uh, arbitraging this over to Japan to like capitalize on making more money of selling this card to them there. So back to just the normal, regular Wandering Emperor. Still a good card, but it has been showing up in a lot of different decks and been showing its actual power level. Being a four mana, just exile a tapped creature, gain two life, making a creature, pumping up a creature. It does everything kind of like what a Planeswalker wants to do. And at four mana flash speed, the flash speed is what is catching everybody off guard is what it seems, and it's just... A very enticing card to just like jam into a deck, like whether it be an aggro inspired deck, because then you're getting more bodies and you're pumping up those bodies and 
being a removal spell <laughs> to protect those bodies. And four mana seems pretty good for a three loyalty walker. Uh, it is also mentioned here that it was talked about on the command zone last week, which could also have an or an infect, an impact on the price of the card. Because, you know, command zone effect and all that jazz. Yep. But there are your weekly winners. Now, let's jump over to the cheap pickups. All right. So first up on the cheap pickups, we've got Voice of the Blessed, which is out of Crimson Vow, which is sitting at $2.19 and is slowly trending up. So if you haven't picked up some copies, you need to make sure you're grabbing those right now before they start potentially being on our weekly winners list, potentially in the near future. But we are by no means people that have expertise on looking at the trends and everything. That's why we rely on MTG stocks to kind of help us out, give these reports. If you want to follow somebody who's like really good at calling these, go check out Chris Martin at Chasel Gaming. Hey, wait, we should talk to him soon. Oh, wait a minute. We have. Oh my gosh. The episode just dropped last night or two nights ago by the time the edited version of this podcast comes out. We talk with him. It was great. We talk about, we get off on a lot of ta uh, side tangents. Chris fits in. Go Matt gets off on a lot of side tangents, fangirling. Uh, we, we learn about how you can desecrate a taiga. You got to experience this, the first first interview of him just fangirling the entire time. Yep. Danny bent me over, showed me the 50 states on a gentleman's bet <laughs> that I had no insight on of how soon Matt would get sidetracked. <laughs> and I was like, it's going to take him three questions. He's been talking up how he's going to stay on task. He's going to follow the script. And Danny goes, he's going to get off task before the first question. I'm like, done. I've, I'll take the over on this one. Here we go. Doesn't even read a damn question off the list. Gets off on a side tangent. And I just go reach into my wallet, try to hand Danny the $1. He goes, no, I was just kidding. That was unfair. I'm like, all right, fine. But here it is. It was great. Oh, my God. It wasn't intentional. I just want to say it was not intentional. My brain just works. It's like bullshit. I see it now. You both set me up. You were gonna split that even. Go buy yourself a few gumballs, weren't you? Fifty cents piece, weren't you? Gumballs are good. Not even and a few. That's a couple. You could get the silver gumball at Jada. I was gonna say you were gonna try to put your machine money in that machine, weren't you? All right. So this one has been identified on the MTG stocks premium penny stocks feature as a card that has bottomed for a bit and now is starting to continuously uptrend. Especially true for the extended art versions. Also, keep in mind that life gain is always popular as an archetype to build a deck around. And Voice of the Blessed is an easy include in these decks. It's amazing how the price of this regular version is so close to the extended art one. And even the Innistrad double feature version of Voice of the Blessed. I should put this card quick. in my uh, historic arena. Arena historic yeah. deck. Uh, quick quick uh, information of what this card is it's it's like a uh, ajani's bride mates you gain yep. you gain life it puts a plus one counter but, but then it gets different effects when you have a certain amount of plus one counters on it yeah i probably should have read the card too but you know what onward onward and upward uh, speaking of upward here's something that deals with flying luminous broad moth is sitting at brood Sorry, Broodmoth, thank you, um, is sitting at $8.32, and it is stable right now. This is a two-generic, two-white insect creature with flying. 
Whenever a creature you control without a flying without flying dies, return it to the battlefield under its owner's control with a flying counter on it. It is a 3-4. I will say this much. This is in my commander allies deck. So it's a good one to kind of bring my allies back and get those ETB effects. Mm-hmm. And then they get flying. Yeah, for four mana. All right. And then last up on the cheap pickups, we have Kaya Ghost Assassin. And this is out of the Conspiracy set and it is two colorless a white and a black planeswalker and i am actually going to pull up so i don't have to try to read the graphic that's on there um, while i'm doing that it is sitting at five dollars and thirty cents it is stabilizing why there it is if i click the card tab it will help me so it enters the battlefield with five loyalty counters and it has the zero ability of exile kaya ghost assassin or up to one target creature, return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control, and at the beginning of your next upkeep, lose two life. Negative one, each opponent loses two life, you gain two life. And negative two, each opponent discards a card, you draw a card. So there we go. And as if you couldn't figure out, it is legal in Legacy, Commander, and Vintage because it comes out of the Conspiracy set. So there we go. And that actually rounds off our cheap pickups for this week. Hey, Matt, if I were to look up and try to find out maybe some good times to pick up some of these cards, maybe like some of these cards we have picked out here coming up that are also a part of the country currency section, yes. um, would there be some kind of resource I could use to maybe help me identify when I should pick up said cards or when I should sell my cards I've been holding on to because I think they might be money cards? Now that you bring it up, there's actually this amazing webs- website called tcgsniper.com. Oh, really? What does TG- tcgsniper.com do? So they are a price tracking website where you enter in a card on TCG Player and you're going to get notified uh, whether you want to be notified if that card moves up or down in price. They'll send you an email, a text message, a Discord notification and stuff. They got the web hooks and stuff for that there. But you get notified, they'll send you a link. You click that link, you go to the page of whoever is selling, or you get notified of when people are starting to sell higher, then that way you can jump on the train and sell those cards at a higher price as well. It's a really cool resource. Uh, I've been using them for a while now, like God, since the beginning pretty sure since the beginning of the podcast and i don't know it's worth your money it's worth your time i think uh but if you want to just give it a shot give it a try you can go over there sign up for an account and if you mention that the guys over at this weekend mtg sent you they will give you three months free of their plus program which will give you 50 cards to add instead of the the five and it's, it's worth a shot. It's like three months free of just like getting 50 extra cards. If you want to like build a, a commander deck, 50 cards of like for three months, it's like you're going to start getting cards moving down in price. Zombie cards are moving down in price. So with uh, with commander or with uh, Innistrad being in the past and Kamigawa coming out, there's a bunch more. Or there's not a bunch more. There's There's less zombie hype that there was. So you can put zombies in there and get notified when some of these zombies start becoming at a reasonable price again. Or if you got a bunch of ninjas that you want to be selling and stuff, like go check those out as well. Like enter them in and get notified when these uh, these zombies or these ninjas are moving up in price. It's highly worth it. 100% recommend it. Sign up. Mention that the guys at This Week in MTG sent you and get three months free. But hey, now that we've done that quick ad read for MTG Sniper, 
You got two cards you wanted us to talk about here in the Cottage Currency as well. I do. I do. I want to do a quick update on Sublime Archangel. I mentioned it, what was it, like two weeks ago? I, I think. think we did talk about this one two weeks ago, yeah. Yeah. So Sublime Archangel is a white, white, two, four, three angel with flying and exalted. Other creatures you control have exalted. And when we talked about it, it was sub $2 at that point. Okay. Sitting at $2.58 right now, according to MTG Stocks, as far as the market price goes. Yes. Uh, but I bring this up because on uh, if you go to TCG Player, you can look at the latest sales. And as of yesterday, there were a couple copies that were selling like near mint and uh, moderately played for almost $4. Uh, I was this- about to say, in which version were you looking at here? Okay. That- yeah. This is a... Uh, M13 version. Yeah, the M13. There's only one other printing. Uh, I think it came in a Commander deck. No, nope, Ultimate Masters. Ultimate Masters when it came out. So it's a Mythic Rare. And it is it pairs very well with Ishin of Two Sons, which doubles attack triggers. And uh, if you looked on EDH Rec this last weekend, Nephrox, the, the Exalted Demon, was actually showing up more, getting uh, possible play. Right. And so now knowing that, it's like Sublime Archangel ha- is, has to be tailing behind. Like seeing the slight price up uptick of Sublime Archangel c- closing in on $4 for just a normal non-foil version. Well, and for those of you who are listening going, oh, Sublime Archangel, I mean, that's always been a cheap card. Well, so the last time it was sitting at a higher version, and we're I'm strictly looking at the M13 version. Back in November of 2012, this was a $27 card. So, I mean, with Commander Play coming into the factor now for it a little bit more other than, you know, the Voltron exalt, Exalted type of decks... This could start seeing it up, could start seeing it coming up. So, I mean, I know I have four copies of it that I just sit because, and this is more so I'm an angel player, so I'm going to keep angels. But, I mean, it's been, for a long time, it was sitting about $7, and then around 2018, it started trending down where now it's that, was sitting at that sub $2, now it's sub $3 range. Right. I don't but, know. I think I think this has uh, a potential for resurgence. Uh, quick update: I only have a copy of that in my collection and stuff. Danny, you got any? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> but I mean, it's not absence. I don't care. <laughs> so there are two copies, like we talked about for this one. Uh, it's the MT, the M13 version, and the Ultimate ba- Masters version. The Ultimate Master version is a lot cheaper. So the M13 version, the foil is sitting at $8, but then quickly jumping over to the Ultimate Master version. Still 8 bucks for the foil. Still 8 bucks for the foil, but the market price for the just regular version is actually 4 bucks right now, $4.18. So, I mean... People do like that new border a little more. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a little bit different, but... There's that, and obviously then, too, if you're jumping over to the European average, I know we've got Christian that listens and comments on how things are more expensive over here. Um, for that one, the Ultimate Masters version for the European average is sitting at $1, or one euro and 58 cents. 56 cents, sorry. So, yeah, a uh, quick update on that is all I wanted to do. And then I have a pick that's, I don't know. We're going to have a pick in the Conjured Currency every week now? I don't know. I've been trying. You mentioned it, and I'm like, I can find cards and stuff that I think could be valuable. Imagine that. It's a blue card. 
It's a blue card. It pairs very well. Is that saying maybe we should all have one pick of like, hey, these are cards we're going to be looking at? If you want to, yeah. Hey, hell yeah, let's do it. The only card I care about is my card that I keep looking at every week. What's that one? Mox Diamond. And Well, what's it sitting at? What's it doing? So, my Mox Diamond currently is at, I think, just under $800. Yeah, market right now is at $730. Foil is $820. All right, I'm trying to... That's the only the only card I care about. Oh, here, let me jump real quick. And I know mine's worth more than that. Well, yeah, because you're, you're sitting at that perfect 10 grade, aren't you? Yep. There you go. All right, so let me try to... Where the hell is Worldwake? There it is. So uh, for the listeners, if, if you aren't aware, I really, really like the uh, creature type of ally. So I do... I have a... I have a modern version. I have a commander version that I like to play. So obviously, I haven't done this in a little while. I should probably look at some of um, my commander. Or, well, actually, I'm going to focus a little bit more on my modern deck. So the one that I'm pulling up and looking at right now is actually, it's called Jawari Shapeshifter. For those of you who don't know, it's one colorless and a blue. Yes, it's a blue card, Danny. It comes into play. It is a shape-shifting ally. You may have Jawari Shapeshifter enter the battlefield as a copy of any ally creature on the battlefield. So this is an on-the-battlefield one. The nice part about this one is if I happen to run into somebody who is a cultured human being like Mm -hmm. myself playing allies, I can copy their stuff. Mm -hmm. Or if they have a shapeshifter because, or a changeling rather, Mm -hmm. I can copy their changeling too. But this one, market price for the regular version sitting at 82 cents. Foil version sitting at $3.68. What do you got to say? So when it comes to blue players, this is okay. (laughs) I'm glad that this one is okay. The blue players that I hate are those who just play nothing but counters. Oh. who play counter blue and that's all they play. I mean, that makes sense. Like, again, this goes back to when I started playing standard. Counter blue was heavy in standard at that time. And that's why I hate playing people who play blue and all they do is play counters. It's like, what's the point of playing game if I can't play the game? Like you were saying with your commander games, like, oh, play land, pass turn. Play land, pasture. And I'll say that one. That one has less to do... It, yes, it is still control, but it it, it stacks. It's almost but, like but a it's, subtype. It's, it's not the the true counter counter blue, but I'm just saying it's it's that feeling. Like, oh, hey, I get to play land and pass turn. Because I know you're going to counter everything that I play. All right. Valid point. Valid point. So the reason I brought up Jirari Shapeshifter is actually one of the common cards I play in my deck that ends up just being a complete and utter beater in my modern ally deck, is Akum Battlesinger. And this one, one blue, one red. It's a 1-1 human berserker ally with haste. Enters the battlefield or another ally enters the battlefield under my control. I may have allies, creatures I control, have a plus one, plus O. And this does stack. So I know... Matt, you've been on the receiving end of this one coming down and me shape-shifting into this or something along the lines, and you go, wait, how how much would it be for you getting? Yeah, it does, it does stack up to a ridiculous level of where it's like, you see that battle singer, and it's... it's Smart move is to get yeah. rid of the shit quick. Yeah, that's one that you definitely do not want around. Like Compared to them all, it's like, 
the the mill one is fine the life gain one is fine but the the damage that that one can output you want to prioritize that like well and the nice nine thing, times out of ten nice thing for my opponent is it's only a one toughness it's really easy to get rid of but i think the part that just plays in my factor is it has haste so a lot of my other ones don't have haste so i mean it's kind of it it sits there and goes hey i'm i'm gonna smack you in the face but it's gonna be in one turn Whereas this one goes, I'm going to smack you in the face and I'm going to make it so all my other friends smack you a little bit harder too. Yep. And it's a good job at that. I have done, I think we talked about this uh, the week after it happened in a non-salt report. Um, because of this card and shape-shifting into it and playing another ally, I got a turn three win. And it was just freaking miraculous and it was awesome. I ended up losing the, the whole match itself. But still. But the fact that going into, you know, game two, it's like, okay, cool. Uh, I win on turn three. And and it was my buddy Anthony, too, which makes it <laughs> super awesome for me. Um, we just go, well, shit, that's not supposed to happen all the time. But fuck, yeah, that was awesome. But, yeah. All right, Matt's back. So Matt's going to talk about his pick. We kind of we filled up some space for you. So That's oh, all good. So uh, a pick that I got that is just predicated on ninjas. Like, it's just ninjas. It's a, it's a good card for Satoru Umazawa or for Yuriko, uh, depending on whatever power level that you want. Like, if you want a more budget-friendly version, this card is going to be good for that. The card in question is Baron Talarian Archmage. For blue-blue one, you get a 2-2 legendary creature human wizard when Baron enters the battlefield, return up to one other target creature or planeswalker to its owner's hand. At the beginning of your end step, if a permanent was put into your hand from the battlefield this turn, you draw a card. So this thing is cool because it can return your ninjas on ETB to your hand so that way you can ninjutsu them back out. Or it can also return opponent stuff. Like it's not limited to just yours. And you can bounce planeswalkers as well. Like if a planeswalker is getting close to an ultimate, you just back to their hand. The cool thing about this is being a three-mana draw engine. In ninjutsu decks, ninja decks, you're just ninjutsuing your creature back, and you're getting that, the, the, triggering the second ability at the beginning of your end step. If you had a permanent that was put into your hand for the battlefield this turn, draw a card. I don't know, an extra card at end step is pretty good for just, like, paying whatever uh, Satoru Umizawa four mana. Four mana, get a creature, smack somebody in the face, and then all of a sudden, end of turn, you get a draw card. It's like you get, like, a... I don't know, a weird little monarch kind of effect with ninjas. So this card came out only in Core 21, had a couple different versions of it printed. It has uh, an extended art, which is around a buck thirty-eight. But the the normal version is 18 cents, 50 cents average. Foils are still sub a buck. European is 30 cents. Like, you want a card for your ninja decks. If you have a Satoru Umazawa, if you have a Yuriko deck, or pick whatever other legendary ninja that includes blue, like Baron Talarian Archmage is just a good card, three-mana card to have in there to be drawing you cards just for ninjutsuing, doing what you do. And it also, the ability to, like, reset a ninja that you want to, like, sneak back out again and, like, put the pressure onto your opponent, like... Do I block and have them and, and risk the fact that they're going to be ninjutsu in this creature that they just return to their hand back and get that effect? So 
uh, Baron, Talarian, Archmage. I don't know. I, I don't have numbers of what I think this card is going to move to, but I think this card is good. I have two on hand. Like, that's what I have in my collection because I like the fact I was doing this, like, bounce your stuff. Blue blue man. Uh, I was doing this uh, mono blue tempo deck in, uh, in a Pioneer build. Uh, just brewing, never fully put it together and stuff. So I wanted four, uh, four barons, but only was I uh, only got two before I'm like, eh, we'll wait on that. But now that ninjutsu is out, ninja creatures are out. I think Baron Talia and Archmage is just a good include in there. So anything else there, Matt? No, that's what I got with uh with the Baron card. So go check out TCG Sniper if you pick up some <laughs> Baron Talia and Archmage. Let us know. I guess I'd, that'd be cool if you like. Listen to some schmuck with a microphone's advice. Should we jump into the thoughtcast? Oh, yeah. I think we, I think we, we can, we can brief, we can briefly cover this one. We can make it quick. Yeah. Okay. So this week's thoughtcast is kind of centraling around commander format and whether or not gold border cards should be legal in tournaments. And a real quick stance on this before we dive any bit into what this article that we're reading off of Star City Games even says. Do Danny, do you think gold bar- border cards should be allowed for tournament play? Yes. Matt, what about you? Yeah. And I'm going to be a yes on that one too. So there you go, Christian. Another time all three of us completely agree. Oh, um, you guys say yes, I say no. <laughs> <laughs> um, just in spite. Just in spite. There we go. Um, so, and for those of you who aren't aware, so these gold barter cards come out of uh, championship decks and i think i think they're just championship decks if i remember correctly scrolling down scrolling down collectors uh, edition. collectors editions and world too. yep so collectors editions and world championships there we go and the only difference on these cards is they have the gold border on the back and they have the gold border on the front which the article on star city games kind of talks about the the game de- the card design physicalities on the back side the rounded edges from alpha and everything and how it used to be that you could only play cards from Alpha if your entire deck was Alpha. Mm-hmm. But then, obviously, that was at a time when people weren't necessarily always sleeving their decks. And if they were, they didn't have the cool sleeves that we have now that aren't transparent and aren't fully clear and all that kind of stuff, too. So it kind of goes into a little bit of background there. But kind of the main thing I wanted to focus on here, because a lot of these cards... And real quick side note, this is truly a real quick side note, the... Sure. It is. It is. So Ben, Bill Wise, Bill Wise goes into the article talking about some of the questions that have gotten brought up on blogatogs that we have actually talked about before, about specifically the reserve list and these gold bartered cards too. I don't think we talked about that one, but we did talk about the reserve list. Basically, saying Rosewater says, you know, the reserve list not going anywhere. It's going to be there. It's going to ha- stay in place. If you have thoughts that it's going anywhere sorry you're in for a tough time it's going to be here but then also does another one where it even talks about you know whether or not printing these cards with the gold border violates the reserve list and as long as these cards are printed in the standard sizing it actually does according to rosewater yep yeah anything that's like what was it uh the black lotus had to be a token that you what's manifest or whatever are, are you talking about the dual master printing of it yeah. where it's like actually in paper are you talking about the arena or the garth one-eyed garth one-eyed yeah garth one-eyed yep. you actually need the card for that so. yeah um and then or or uh jude lotus was a black lotus but it was different yeah, yeah. like 
not a fun it's not labeled as a functional reprint because you can only cast one spell with jeweled lotus so i mean if you're brand new to listening us brand new to magic there's always this thing there there are rules of magic and then there's the unless rule and that also applies to printings too so like us talking about jeweled lotus is unless this yeah so just go into that knowing that but kind of the reason I brought this up is because I know for me and I know talking with Christian a little bit on stuff and talking with a few other people that maybe have mono green decks or very green heavy creature focused decks, Gaia's Cradle is a card that a lot of us either we have or we don't. And so sitting here going, oh man, do I want to save up $800 for a one land, a Gaia's Cradle that I, I won't have versatility in too many decks as of right now. And kind of looking at that, I know that like J-Dubs, we, we have a copy, a gold bordered copy of Gaia's Cradle that I have been eyeing for weeks and it's been sitting there for about 200 bucks and Matt just pulled up the MTG stocks and it's sitting at 208. So that's roughly a good price, especially probably the conditioning of it. So that's, that's the cheapest. That's yep. a fifth of the price exactly. of what the normal cost. Yeah. Normal non gold border guy's cradle cost. And I mean, so for me, like with and we were talking about this a little bit before we started, within just casual play groups and what we've talked about, our friend groups and playing and everything, hell, I could probably throw in a, a freaking proxy that I write on saying, Hey, this is Gaia's cradle, and everyone would be like, Okay, cool, whatever. That's my commander. <laughs> <laughs> but we were kind of talking about this topic a little bit and Honestly, I think gold borders because gold border cards, some of them are those kind of very expensive reserve list cards that you can get at a fifth of the price that still do the same thing. And it's very clear cut that, hey, this is the collector's version. This is the championship version. I don't know. I I feel like this is something that should be addressed and be like, hey, these ones are acceptable. Yeah, it's it's a printed card. One one thing to mention here is that back in the day when these collectors collector cards were printed and these world champion cards were printed it was at a different it was at a time where the concern was oh these are different backed magic cards and you'd be able to know like if you got them from this collector edition uh whatever the the nightmare card is is like you know you'd be able to like when you're drawing them yeah. uh, sleeves weren't as big of a thing back then from my understanding and so like that was one of the main reasons why these gold cards got the axe for like tournament play because of that and that's just tournament play casual play you can play with them all the fuck you want like duh but uh what ben ben is going here in this article is talking about the fact that it's like we're at the point of magic where it's like we have mdfcs where they're not magic backs you have check lands you have uh the right on lands that you got from zedekar rising and stuff for the mdfcs as well and the 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 backing being different as an excuse for not that for them to not be tournament illegal is kind of bull yeah. and um I don't know. I definitely feel the fact uh, of that um, because it's backing. We have we have sleeves that are opaque, uh, or even too like if you're if you're saying going to be on the well, you can see through some of the sleeves. Okay, cool. You have checkmark cards that you could write on there, going, "This is my guy's cradle," and then when you play it, you present. Yeah, it's what you always do in stuff like what you got to do for like drafting stuff. Yep. Or if you don't have a sleeve, I don't know. So it's like. I understand. I definitely understand where uh, this article is coming from from that aspect, 
and and stuff and i appreciate it like it it does help you know it might justify more people buying these cards like birds of paradise force of will gaia's cradle and stuff that uh and for for some of those too it's just hey i want that art version of it Mm -hmm. so like the birds of paradise obviously you can get those you know sub 15 bucks depending on the version you grab now but if you want you know what is that the beta version Seventh edition. Seventh edition. But version. I mean, I think the the art is from beta. Yeah. yeah, they use the same art, just more color. But I mean, it's just it's one of those things where you know what maybe because that is part of magic. You there are some people that gravitate towards the different art versions. Mm-hmm. So I mean, just using Birds of Paradise, where yes, you can get it sub fifteen bucks. You know, I think the conspiracy version sitting at twelve right now. But you want this art version because you know what it looks hella freaking awesome. Then you know what? There you go. If why can't you play this version? And if the whole reason is just because it has a different backing, there we've t- checklist cards. There are plenty of things that we can do. So with the gold border, just for Birds of Paradise, you have Seventh Edition, which has three different arts, four different arts. Then you have Sixth Edition, which has two arts. Then we go all the way back to ninety-seven. With one, 95 with one. Yeah, so there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different cards of Birds of Paradise that have gold border. And that's and that's strictly talking. You want this version of the art. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, what's wrong with like thinking that you got like a really cool card with gold border? Like you feel like fucking rock star status right. having a gold bordered card. Because too, and then that's the other part too, is gold bordered cards are, you know, Almost more scarce than some of the silver border cards. And it looks like all the gold border from Birds of Paradise are signed. Yeah, which I think that's because, I mean, it's a non-reserve list card, so. Yeah. But, you uh, know. Quickly to mention a, another gold gold border card that could actually, like, significantly change the price of things. is like you got the Force of Will from the World Champ- Champion decks, which a market price is around $31.00 compared to the cheapest alliances at 112 or a market value of around 103. So again, a third of the price for like Force of Will. And real quick, not all of the gold border cards are signed. It's just some of them. Yes, yes. So so we'd have to do a little bit more dive into figuring out which ones are actually signed, but for sure the seventh edition Birds of Paradise one is signed and it's kind of right by... Well, I was just on Strifall. Okay. And all the gold borders are all signed um, right by the... Is it? Yep. At least the pictures on Strifall, all of them are signed. Um, they're either right by... They're basically right along, um, in the green slot by the yep. creature type. Yep. Okay, yeah, never mind. There. That is completely my bad. So anyone who was just listening to that, strike that from the record or Matt, edit this out. No. All right, Matt Suwazi. There you go. All all gold bartered cards are signed. I retract my first statement. So uh, yeah, they're again they're from the collector I collector suppose. sets and then the world championship sets. So yeah, it's all about like especially with like commander, like. And I mean, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm strictly thinking of just commander. I feel like some of these cards, like. The Force of Wills, the Gaia's Cradle, where those are more expensive cards, strictly speaking, on the Gaia's Cradle yep. side of things. Because where that's of a thousand yeah. dollar card oh, almost. Yeah. Well, 
Well, and it, it, depending on the version and the quality and everything. Yeah. But I mean, that I feel like that's some of these cards need to be re- allowed in tournament play. And that's just for Commander. But yeah, no. Uh, I mean, there's a real quick thoughtcast for you guys. I know it's kind of a real simple question whether or not gold border cards should be released, but I know the idea of our thoughtcast is we kind of just chat unscripted for a little while. So I highly recommend things unscripted. I highly recommend that you all read the article by Ben here. It's really good. Uh, highlights a lot of good points, and you get to learn something about uh apparently arabian knights cards were going to have different backs and magic cards were supposed to have different backs at uh expansions and stuff at points so that was pretty cool thank you to all you legendary magic folk for making it to the end of episode 129 of this week in mtg we greatly appreciate that you if you made it to the end again wow this is going to be a fun one for me to edit out. So we'll see what the, I, I can't even give you like a total of what this, this the, the edited version is going to be. I'm hoping it's going to be around two hours. So That's Twitch like, is at 238 right now. Yeah. And the recording is at 228. So I'm hoping I can get it like 28 minutes cut out here. But anyways, thank you so much. We want to give a big thank you to our patrons for making this content, uh, sending money towards this content to keep making it, uh, paying for hosting and all that stuff. You know, people say keep the lights on, but just, you know, for us, it's just keeping us rolling. <laughs> keeping us on our side tangents we'd like to also give a big thank you to jw sports cards and gaming for sponsors if you have magic related needs go check them out they will help you with that in any way shape or form uh quick mention as well go check out our interview that we did with uh chris martin of chai salad gaming that was a great interview i i enjoyed it a lot and if you're i don't know if you enjoyed that last little bit of like finance talk like you would totally enjoy this and go check it out go follow him like you're worried about prices you you want you enjoy what tcg sniper has to offer you go follow chris it's going to be giving you the same like value there and that's on twitter and it's free and it's good he he makes good content you could join his patreon for a buck uh yeah and he gives you some pretty good insight there too i know after our interview i jumped onto his patreon too for a buck it's a buck yeah it's a buck a month which is really awesome to kind of get just a little bit of insight on some things like he's not going to give you all the trades and secrets of what he does but he's going to give you some help yeah check out the interview it was really good and then i mean decide from there hopefully you would choose to to follow him because we all think he's he's worth it now if either of you have nothing else to say hell yeah let's go on with the end of the show danny that's danny for yes i'm done with this and with that magic folk we'll catch you next time bye Congratulations, you made it to the end of this week's episode of This Week in MTG. Your listenership means so much to us. Make sure to follow the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or on the podcatcher of your choice. You can watch the live stream recording of the podcast every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time over on YouTube and twitch.com slash thisweekinmtg. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can send us a message to our Facebook, Twitter, or send us an email at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. For all these links and more, check out our link tree at linktr.ee slash thisweekinmtg. Thanks so much! And it's a very faint sniff.